0: Are the voice of trucking. Welcome to Key Up New York, the Trucking Association of New York's official podcast. I am Kendra Hems, the president of the Association, and joining me is my co-host.
1: I am Zach Miller, the Metro Region Operations Manager for the Trucking Association of New York, or Tani.
0: All right. Well, welcome everyone. This is our official first podcast for the Association. We've been talking about this for a long time, so we're glad to kick it off. I uh, really wanted just to provide another mechanism of sharing information out with the industry, talk about who we are as an organization, and um, what are the big issues.
1: Exactly. I mean, let's face it, it. It it seems like there's something every day that's new and challenging in trucking in the state of New York, and it's really important that you operators and members, of course, know about it. And that's one of the reasons why we're so excited to do this podcast and really appreciate you uh, coming along for the ride.
0: Absolutely. But we also want to make sure that with all the challenges, there's also a lot of really good positive things going on out there, too. And we want to ensure that we're reporting on that also.
1: Exactly. It's it's not all gloom and doom here. Um, and and we're really excited about some of the, um, the positive things we're working on and excited to share them with you, um, you know, as we will throughout this podcast.
0: Yep, absolutely. So uh, it's our first podcast. <laughs> Help everyone get to know who we are. Let's start with some icebreaker questions. That's, I got one for you, Zach. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you are on your own late night talk show. Who's your first guest?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, there's so much to consider, right? You want somebody who's famous, who's noteworthy, but also somebody where you can have a a meaningful conversation. Uh, I'm, of course, talking right now, stalling, because I'm not entirely sure uh, who that first guest would be. Um, I guess I would have to, I would have to pick an athlete. Because I am a big sports fan.
0: I was assuming that.
1: Um, you see, ordinarily, I would say Aaron Rodgers, but I feel like he does so much with other podcasting. I want somebody who's a little maybe less less likely to go on a podcast. Um, let's go with Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets. He would be my my first guest on a late night show.
0: This is actually not surprising <laughs> to me at all. Um, hopefully as you get to know us, you will learn Zach is a diehard Mets fan and a Jets fan. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel very sorry for him. Yes. Thank
1: you. I do. I do. I do get a lot of sympathy, um, which is always appreciated. Some wins would be more appreciated, but you know, I made my choice. Nobody forced me to be a Mets or Jets fan either. Um, my parents are not huge sports fans. That was a choice I made and. Perhaps I made the wrong one, but that's okay. We, we, li- we live and learn. I, I I make better choices in other aspects I'll of withhold my life. I would hold my comments. <laughs> let, me, um, let me ask you a question, though. I'm not going to do the talk show one. What sport would you compete in if you were in the Olympics? Soccer. Oh, that was quick. Oh, yeah, without mm-hmm. question.
0: It's about the only sport I'm really good at. <laughs> did you play in high school? I did. I actually um, I played in high school, and I did not play – in college, but I did a lot of rec leagues, and I actually played soccer right up until I got pregnant with my first son.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: So it's always been a longtime favorite.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like soccer has become incredibly popular in the last 10, 15 years here in this country.
0: Yeah, you're seeing much more of it, and I think even the World Cup this year mm. has helped too, so. Um, all right, well, let's get into more about who we are.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's it's interesting because I think we have similar backgrounds and sort of how we wound up where we wound up, but, but let's talk about that. How did you get involved in this industry?
0: So my stepfather's family owned a trucking company uh, in Little Oswego, New York. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's f- familiar with upstate, it's right on Lake Ontario. It's beautiful. Um, and I was around trucks from about the age of eight mm-hmm. and on. Didn't initially plan on getting into the industry, uh, but I was in college. I had originally started as an accounting major, realized very quickly <laughs> that's not what I wanted to do, um, and I really was kind of at a loss. I wasn't sure what I was going to do at that point, so I changed my major to management science, which actually has a lot to do with trucking in a weird way because there's some supply chain mm-hmm. and just-in-time type um, topics that go along with that. Um, but I graduated undergrad, and I really wasn't sure where I was going from there. So we were down a dispatcher at the my stepfather's company and he asked me to come work. Uh, and I did. The thought was I'd be there for a year, earn some money, <laughs> figure out what I wanted to do for graduate school. And I never left. Um, I worked there for probably two or three years and then um, decided to kind of get out of town, if you will, <laughs> and uh, expand my horizons. And I ended up with a job within the trucking industry here in Albany. Um, ultimately started working at the association in 1999. Wow. Uh, it's a long time ago. Started out as, um, I don't even remember my official title back then, but it was <laughs> doing our safety and, and maintenance type programs and started as president in 2008. Uh, it's been great. Can't even imagine kind of doing anything outside the trucking industry at this point.
1: No, no, I, it really is that type of industry that once it, it gets you, it, it keeps you. Um, because there's so many different aspects to it, and there's so much the changes day in day out, it really keeps it keeps it fresh, and yeah. and it's important. I mean, that's that's another thing that we'll talk about a lot throughout this podcast is um, we are essential, and it's really really cool to wake up every day being part of something that's essential.
0: Absolutely, and I will say, association management is slightly different from being in the actual mm-hmm. industry itself. But one of the things I love that I think, um, has really helped me in my growth, uh, through this organization is the fact that I came from the industry and I had an understanding of the challenges that the industry faced. A lot of the challenges that our drivers and our techs face, um, and really wanted to do things to help. And so that's really what has driven me, uh, going forward. So it's been great. Love it. Um, definitely has some, some <laughs> moments, but uh, it's really been great. So how about you? How did you land in, in the trucking industry?
1: Well, I, I mean, I agree with what a lot of you, what you said. I grew up in it as well from a little bit of a different side. My father is a uh, traffic lawyer. Um, so most of his clients are are larger trucking companies down in New York City. So uh, they have some challenges and, and have had some challenges for quite some time. So I grew up with it. I did his paperwork and organized his parking tickets in high school and college. That was um, that was how I earned money. Um, after college, I, similar to you, wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. Um, the economy had tanked when I graduated college, so I, I'm dating myself exa- a little bit, but that's fine. Um, and I got the first job I could. It was with an energy consulting company. And it was a good job, um, but I had pretty much outgrown it after about year four. And one of the things I had to do was produce a monthly newsletter. And my dad really liked that. He wanted to sort of emulate that for his uh, clients, which I told him, you know, if they have enough trouble paying your invoice, they're not going to pay to subscribe to your newsletter. But blogs are becoming pretty popular. So let's start a blog. So started a trucking blog that led to a radio show podcast, which led to a startup getting me, which led to uh, here, you know, working for the association. And of course, I should say I, been involved in the association for some time now um, as a member, then a board member, and now on staff.
0: Yeah, and I think that gives you, though, a great perspective. Mm-hmm. So so Zach was a member of the organization. He's um, based in New York City area. Um, actually went through our leadership program. That's right. Uh, which was great, our, our first leadership program that we did. And joined our board of directors shortly thereafter, after graduating Mm -hmm. from the leadership program. So it was really, I think, great having you take the interest and want to come on staff when we were trying to fill the position of the Metro Regions Operations Director because, or manager, um, because you had the member experience that you could bring to the table now as staff. Um, and having you as part of the team has been great. But you just you hit the ground running. Uh, there really wasn't a learning curve because you had already been so embedded in all of the issues and, and the things that we're working on in New York City.
1: Yeah, thank you. And, and we're going to spend quite some time in a future podcast talking about all of that. But I, I do think to that point, It is an industry, and and especially from the association aspect, it is an industry that you do have to have a love and a passion for to do it day in and day out. So I'm I'm curious what you love most about this industry.
0: Um, I think knowing that we can make a difference Mm. uh, is, is a big part of it. So as I said, coming from trucking in my background and having an understanding of the challenges that this industry deals with every single day, but also recognizing as you said earlier, how essential we are. Like this, this country does not move if we do not have a trucking industry. Um, and so, knowing that we are now in a position, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, do things to improve the operating conditions for the industry, or to address challenges that the industry is dealing with, and we'll we'll get in in future podcasts on a lot of the legislative or regulatory mm-hmm. um, initiatives that we're undertaking to do just that. Um, and it can be challenging because as we know, this industry sometimes um, is not viewed in a positive light. And it, part of our job is to change that um, and change the dialogue surrounding the trucking industry. But when you get a win or you do something and you know, we just made a difference, it's like what drives you every day to keep to just keep on going, even though there's a lot of, a lot of times you're banging <laughs> your head against the wall because you're trying to get <laughs> something done and and it, it's been a struggle, but man, when you get that win, it just it just really keeps you going because you know you're making a difference.
1: Absolutely, and I mean, I I like to say it; it's true. But when I first got involved in the industry and in the association, I had a lot more hair than I do now. So it, it there's stress there, um, but yeah, those wins are just they're incredibly satisfying, and you know they make a difference, and and they're long lasting. And I, I think that's something that I really love about this. Industry is that if you know you you listeners out there, you viewers, you look around whatever room or location you're in right now, look at what's around you, touch it. It all touched a truck at some point, and that's incredible. It, it's just incredible to to realize that everything that you wear and eat and and hold in your hands, at at one point or another, it touched a truck, and that's that's pretty powerful.
0: It's very powerful, and the other. I think the other piece of it is the people in this industry. Mm -hmm. It's like, and not that I've had a lot of experience in other industries, but I can say from trucking, it's like no industry that I've seen or heard of before in terms of um, the type of folks that are in this industry and the character and what drives them. So we talk about how essential this is and, you know, particularly during the pandemic um, that we were able to see that on full display, but the drivers were so proud of what they were doing and they were serving their country um, and that's a big piece, too, of, of what just, I think, draws people in. There's so many stories of individuals that start in the industry and they say, oh, I'm just, you know, starting out, get my feet on my on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an example, I think, of that. <laughs> You're an example of that. Um, but then you kind of get sucked in and you just, you can't really think of doing anything else or, or being in any other industry. It's just, um, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing industry to be a part of.
1: It's amazing. I don't think there's another industry where the ceo is as accessible as the trucking ceo is accessible um and you know i joke i'd love to have steve cohen on a podcast that'll obviously never happen but there are major trucking executives that we're going to have on this podcast but more importantly than that that i could just call up and they will give me the time of day that doesn't happen in other industries
0: yeah that's a great point it's very much a family yes without question Um, so I think that's a great segue though, in terms of TANI. Mm -hmm. Um, so there might be some listeners out there that don't know who the trucking association is or what we do. So let's kind of just touch in broad strokes on who we are as an organization. Obviously in future podcasts, we're going to get into more detail of, of some of the things that we're doing. Um, but in general terms, we're here for the trucking industry. We're a trade association, we're membership based, um, we're comprised of trucking companies, as well as companies that service the Mm -hmm. industry. So that could be insurance carriers. It could be maintenance facilities, um, equipment providers. Um, But we're really here to serve the industry and provide value to our members uh, specifically.
1: Yeah. So we actually recently took a lot of time to evaluate where we were as an association versus where the industry was and where we all needed to go together. We actually changed our mission statement a little bit, because it just wasn't really reflective of the work that we've been doing. So we have a new mission statement. We are the voice of trucking in New York State, creating jobs, supporting the economy, driving safety, and delivering a sustainable future to our members.
0: Yes, I think it captures all of it. Um, So we have a strategic plan Mm -hmm. uh, that was put together by... um, A group. The second plan was really the board of directors, but the first plan that we started with and and we are continuing to work off of, we ensured that we had representation from the entire industry. So we had large carriers, we had small carriers, we had owner-operators, we had maintenance facilities. Um, So we tried to make sure that it was a very diverse group that looked at, as an organization, what is it that we should be doing or striving for, what are our goals? Um, So what came out of that is... Um, our influence as an organization that really uh, addresses the advocacy efforts and Mm -hmm. the things that we do from a government affairs perspective, Uh, the value and engagement, making sure that if you're going to invest in us as an organization, that you're going to derive some sort of value from that. And that could be um, in the way of compliance assistance. It could be educational opportunities that we provide. It could be cost savings programs. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that are coming down the future. The third pillar Probably one of the biggest ones yeah, right now. I think so. Workforce development. Uh, we hear time and time again from our members the struggles they're having with getting drivers, with getting technicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been doing a ton of work in that area to really try and find some solutions, some short term, but a lot of long term where we're trying to build um, the workforce of the future. Uh, so, a lot of work being done. And then finally, safety and compliance. Mm-hmm. It's the trucking industry. Yep. Safety is a priority of everything that we do. Um, so that will be a lot of training programs, education programs. Um, we have a great resource here with our vice president, Kate Kennett. Uh, if you have compliance-related questions, you can call and she will make sure you get the correct answer. And that in and of itself is is a huge value uh, for our members. Oh,
1: exactly. I mean, I just quick abbreviations, just you're in trouble, call Kate. It's, that, it's, it's really, it's it sounds that easy, but... She'll appreciate that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it really is. But that that's really what we're here for. We're here to advocate on behalf of the industry, to ensure that their voice is being heard, that the industry is mm-hmm. represented um, within the state legislature the New York city council. And at the federal level, we work with um, the American trucking associations where they are the sole state affiliate Uh in the state of New York um, of the American trucking associations. And we work very closely with them on a number of issues, but primarily a lot of the federal issues. Um, But to be clear, we are our own entity. So ATA, we've got an amazing relationship with them, but we don't always agree on everything. Um, So we can still have our own positions on issues um, regardless of the fact that we are an affiliate of ATA.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, it actually is a, a pretty interesting, as Kendra and I sit here recording this, we are actually going to be in Washington. For us, it'll be next week. For, for you folks, it'll have happened already. But it, it is incredible to take sort of a peek out of the New York view and see what's going on at the federal level, um, really talking to the congressional people about all the work that we do and about where I I think some of the misconceptions locally might come um, based on sort of federal jurisdiction and and federal prerogatives um, that may not exactly translate to some of these localities.
0: Right. Yep. Now, a lot of work being done, a lot of positive things Mm -hmm. going on. Um, I think one of the biggest um, things to be known about the association is that we are seen as a resource, um, not only by the industry, but by those that regulate us, whether Mm -hmm. it's the legislature um, or state agencies or city agencies. We work very closely with all of them to ensure that we are, again, protecting the interests um, as best we can of the trucking industry. So we are talking about, as an association, we're here for the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything that we do is really And actually, more specifically, we're here for our members. Um, But there's a lot that we do on the advocacy side that affects the industry, whether you're members or not, Mm -hmm. Um, which as a membership-based organization can sometimes be a challenge um, (laughs) because we do try and encourage companies to join the association to ensure that their voice is being heard. Um, But from an advocacy standpoint, we're working to really make sure that the trucking industry can be successful. Yeah. Um, so I think to that end, you know, kind of diving into the government affairs stuff a little bit more. As an association, we've we've always been successful with our education and compliance, and a lot of that's because we've got amazing working relationships with those that regulate the industry. Mm-hmm. So we don't always see eye to eye. We're right, not always on the same page, um, but we do keep very solid relationships with them because they're um, excellent resources for our training programs, our conferences that we put on, different seminars, webinars. Um, So being able to speak uh, directly to the state police or Department of Transportation Mm -hmm. or Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration is important because we know we're getting the correct information. Um, So that's something that we've always been really good at. We've always strived to ensure that we've had those relationships in place. I think going back um, when I first became president, and we had been doing a lot in government affairs, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. <laughs> We've always been very active in the advocacy front, but there were some things that hit that became apparent, like we had to do more. And when I first became president, it was trial by fire because we were dealing with the truck route restrictions <laughs> um, <laughs> that the state wanted to put in place uh, across the state. So initially the proposal was we were going to have statewide truck restrictions that would dictate what routes trucks could drive on. Um, We were very quick to be able to point out, yeah, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure that's against the law um, from an interstate commerce uh, situation. But there was a very specific situation in Skinny Atlas, New York. Uh, It's located very close to a landfill, and they have a lot of garbage haulers that come through that area. Mm -hmm. And they were complaining, and certainly we understand uh, from a community perspective Um, The challenges that having truck traffic in the community can present, but we also have to make sure that the industry has the ability to operate in ways that is the most efficient and productive for them as well. Exactly. Um, So that was 2008, and we were having to push back not only against um, the Department of Transportation, but we had some state senators and assembly members that were really pushing for these restrictions, Mm -hmm. as well as at the federal level, Senator Schumer. Um, was backing this. So we really amped up our government affairs program um, at that point, and we were successful. We were able to push back uh, through meetings with legislators. We brought back our lobby day, uh, now called Call on Albany. Albany. We actually started doing the lobby day down in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C., Call on Washington. Um, We met with Schumer, with Senator Schumer, uh, during that one and had a great conversation with him. And that's really what a lot of our, our advocacy is about, is education, mm-hmm. right? We're educating our our um, our legislators and, and those that regulate the industry. Uh, so through those meetings, through the involvement of our members, which I think is a critical piece yes, that we have to talk about, is how important member engagement is. Mm-hmm. And this was a situation where that was very, very true. Um, we were able to uh, get... I would say a 99% victory. <laughs> so we, we were able to prevent the statewide restrictions from going through, and we were able to prevent um, restrictions in the uh, Finger Lakes area from going through unless you were permitted. So there are some certain overweight permit restrictions that are in place for certain routes in the Finger Lakes region of the state, um, but they're only applicable if you're operating under the provisions of a permit. So that was really a, a great win for us as an organization to be able to do that. Um, but I think that speaks to one of the big reasons why we're here. Yes. Right. When we get hit with those kind of issues, it's the association that's going to take the lead mm-hmm. um, and really push back.
1: Yeah. That that's exactly it. And, and I think that um, when I first got involved, it was a little after this event you're talking about, but it was still very early on in the call on Albany process and the Government Affairs Committee process. And to see the growth in both those programs from, you know, when I started to where they are today is really incredible. And it does speak to the willingness of members to, I think, put themselves in uncomfortable situations. Um, It speaks to the association's ability to get in front of the right people, um, present the issues explain exactly where we're coming from. It's not just like, oh yeah, we're trucking and so we're opposed. It's no, no, no. Let's explain what will happen if you go through with this and here's some reasonable alternatives that we offer up. And it, it is one of those things where I think the term, you know, lobbyist has a negative connotation and we understand some of the reasons for that. But it is also really important because at the end of the day, People have their businesses to run and their their jobs, and it's important to have groups like a Trucking Association of New York to speak on their behalf, to really get into the weeds of the issues advocating for them so they could go on with their day and their businesses and their lives.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's important to say you're, you're right, lobbying or lobbyists sometimes has a negative connotation to it, but it's not a bad thing. It's not. It gets a bad rap, but it's not a bad thing. Exactly. Um, You know, regardless of what your issue is, Mm -hmm. everyone has the right to be able to speak with um, elected officials and talk about the importance of those issues, right? So for us as an organization, I'm a registered lobbyist, you're a registered lobbyist. Uh, We have two contract lobbyists that we use as well um, because we deal with upstate issues. Mm -hmm. And then we have a contract lobbyist that's dedicated specifically to New York City. And that is not a bad thing because that is what gives us the ability to talk with our legislators and educate them on the good or the bad of whatever piece of legislation or initiative is that they have um, that they're looking at. And it's been, I think, for us incredibly successful. We've got a lot of wins under Uh our belt in things that we've done to either push legislation that was great for the industry, for example, um, workforce development. We were able to pass legislation that allows 18-year-olds to start the process of getting a CDL for intrastate New York-only driving. That was something, we were like the last state yep. in the country to do that. That was a Tanny led initiative. Um, we were successful in protecting the independent contractor model mm-hmm. in New York State. That was under attack, and it was um, the association taking the lead. And we did two call-on Albany's that year. We did our general one, but then mm-hmm. we also did one specific to that issue where we had owner-operators join us, and the owner-operators spoke with our legislators and talked about why they were independent, you know, and how important it was to protect that model, and And we got legislation passed specifically to trucking to protect the independent contractor model. So lobbying is mm-hmm. not a bad thing. It yeah. definitely gets a bad rap, but <laughs> it's, in, it's incredibly important, um you know, for us as an organization, so that we can provide the voice of the trucking industry, provide the voice of our members, um, so that the politicians, our legislators, you know, understand what the issues are.
1: Exactly. it voices bolded here (laughs) in the mission statement, (laughs) for that reason.
0: It is, you can see that on our website, (laughs) www.mitrucks.org, go to it, there's a ton of information there. Uh, But it is, because that's really who we are, we provide the voice of the industry. so, yeah, the 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 advocacy piece is huge. It's incredibly important. Um, as far as the membership and the benefit is if you're not a member, then we don't know what your issue is. So exactly. What dictates um, our agenda from a legislative standpoint is the Government Affairs Committee. Uh, we both have the statewide committee and then we have one specific to the metro region. Um, and it's our members that sit on that committee and tell us what the issues are that mm-hmm. they're dealing with. Or are there things that from um, a positive, you know, perspective that we can be pushing to help the industry as well. So everything we do, yes, it does affect the entire trucking industry, whether they're members or not, but if you want your specific issue heard, uh, you have to be a member and that's where the benefit and the value comes in that regard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also we're growing and opening up some really intriguing new frontiers to, to borrow Star Trek. Uh, lingo there. <laughs> um, we have the Tanny Service Bureau and the Shea Legacy Foundation.
0: Yes, um, both of which will be up and running this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both established. So the Tanny Services Bureau uh, is starting with registration and titling. Um, a long time pain point mm-hmm. of our members has been vehicle registrations. We we get a lot of concerns brought to us about. process or the length of time or different challenges that they have in getting their vehicles registered. So um, TANI has now become a a service bureau within the Department of Motor Vehicle and will actually be able to issue registrations um, on behalf of the trucking industry. So we're excited about that. We are in the process right now of hiring an individual um, to run that and hopefully we'll be piloting the program within the next two to three months. Can't wait. Yep. So we're we're really excited. And I think there's a lot of long term benefits that come from the services bureau. Yes. Right. And we've talked about some specific to some of the things that we're working on in New York City that the Services Bureau can provide a role in.
1: Right, exactly. It it allows us the opportunity to jump into pilot programs that just, you know, the regular trucking association not for profit would have struggled to do. Um, one of the cool ones that that we'll talk about later on is this micro hub distribution pilot in New York City, which would um, allow freight to be broken down from trucks to smaller vehicles, particularly cargo bikes, for that sort of last not even full mile, but that last couple block radius. Um, it, it's a really fascinating tool in urban freight distribution, and the Service Bureau will allow us to. To run it properly and scale it up as need be, too.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, and that's again, we're we're trying to touch on pain points that mm-hmm. have been brought to us by our members and and finding ways to to offer some solutions. Um, we can also do hopefully in the future things like overweight permits, um, other types of credentials. There's there's a whole number of things uh, that we'll be able to do through the tan the tanning services bureau. Um, and that the the kind of neat thing about that is. Um, even though it's going to be run through TANI, it is a for-profit corporation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we'll do through that is going to be beneficial to our members, but also to non-members um, with the idea of, again, just trying to make the environment in New York State better um, for the trucking industry. Um, and then the other one you mentioned, the the Shea Legacy Foundation. Uh, and we'll talk about this more on um, some future podcasts, but this is one that's near and dear to my heart. I knew the Shea family. um, So the Shea family has been around since the inception almost, (laughs) some of the trucking (laughs) association. Um, Harold Shea was the father, and then you had Tim Shea and John Shea were the two sons. Um, And John Shea um, passed away in 2021, I believe. Um, And with that kind of, was the end of this, this legacy, this Mm -hmm. history of the Shays being in the association. We had been talking about starting a foundation for many years, and we felt this would be a great way to honor the memory of the Shea family, um, and really keep their legacy strong. So the Shea Legacy Foundation was born. It is going to support our workforce mm-hmm. development efforts as well as safety and education, mainly to the general public. So we do a lot of safety and education training within our membership to our members. But this is more about educating the public on the trucking industry and how to be safe. Uh, so we've got the Share the Road program as well as the Truck Side View program that we do in New York State or New York City, rather. Um, but the big piece is workforce development. We're very excited mm-hmm. that we have a commercial driver simulator, um, uh-huh. which hopefully we'll be able to figure out how to tie uh-huh. that into a future podcast. But we'll be using that to be um, to bring around to schools, to start introducing students to the trucking industry, kind of give them the feel of what it is to be behind the wheel. Um and then we're also doing a lot of scholarship work as well. And one of the ones that we will definitely dedicate a podcast to is also the program we're doing with the Department of Corrections, yes. the Jails to Jobs program. Yes. That's a lot of that's going to run through the Shea Legacy Foundation as well.
1: Which is great. And I'm getting a lot of calls from um, organizations down in the New York metro area interested in programs like that, um, you know, how to place people in reentry in these really family-sustaining careers. And... Um, it, the Shea Legacy Foundation is, is near and dear to my heart for just a, a slightly different reason than Kendra's in that the last vote I placed as a board member was to approve the driving simulator. Um, so it was a, a really great bookend to my career on the board uh, as I transitioned into this new and exciting role.
0: Yep. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. We're super excited about it. Um, So I think with that, we've kind of given some broad strokes (laughs) of what we do as an organization. um, And we will be diving into the weeds on a whole host of issues as we go forward with this podcast. I mean, obviously, there's um, items out there that are really important uh, to our members, to the industry. A lot of stuff going on in New York City that creates (laughs) a whole host of pain points. Um, We'll dive into what we're doing there. But honestly, there's a lot of positive things coming out of there, too. Uh, that we're excited to report on obviously the environmental initiatives, mm-hmm. uh, not a day goes by <laughs> now that the electric truck comes up in a conversation. Uh, so we'll be talking a lot about what's going on in New York as far as, um, the move towards zero emission vehicles and policies they're putting in place and some of the things that we're doing to try and inject some reasonableness into the conversation. Um, we'll get more into some of the programs that we're doing as an organization, um, but there's, there's a lot. We've got plenty of content that, that we'll be covering going forward. So we're, we're excited. We're excited to be here and, and to get this podcast out there.
1: Yeah, and, and we really appreciate you, um, you listening, you watching. Please be sure to, to follow us and share and like and, and engage with us, um, you know, certainly as members and engage with the podcast.
0: All right, so we're gonna end with a final <laughs> a final icebreaker question. So I guess it's not really an icebreaker because we've <laughs> already broke the ice, but just another one to give a little bit of insight on on who we are. So um, let me see, I am gonna go with, I just had it here. Mm-hmm. If you had a time machine, oh wow, would you go back in time or would you go into the future? And why?
1: Well, I'm I'm a history buff, so I would I would probably go back in time. Um, I also like the idea that I would come with knowledge that they don't have versus me going to a place where I don't have the knowledge that they have. Um, so I am definitely a, uh, a travel back in time person, um, which is ironic because here at Taney, we're moving the industry forward. <laughs> but in this particular instance, um, I, I think I would go back. And one for you that I'm curious about you could have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life. What would it be?
0: Oh, good gracious. <laughs> Swedish fish. No, I'm just <laughs> um, I will say, though, Swedish fish is my go to snack when I'm <laughs> traveling. Anybody who knows me well knows that, um, including my kids. <laughs> oh, and one uh, thing I think that's. Airport
1: Hudson News have the receipts on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Unlimited supply, huh? Hmm. Time. Wow, time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just man. I, I there's so many like material things I think you could you could pick, but really it's time. It's you know getting more stuff done here at the association, spending more time with my family. Um, time, unlimited time would be great.
1: We might have to retire that question because I don't think we're going to get a better answer. <laughs> um,
0: but with that, Zach, thank you. Uh, you'll be hearing more from both Zach and I coming forward. Uh, again, we're we're really excited about this podcast and and what we're going to be bringing to the table. So we would ask that you please follow us, like us, share the podcast, and uh, stay safe. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.